and welcome back to Have a Cuppa Unmasked with me, Helena Mitchell. I am going to go straight in it today because I am so unbelievably excited about this guest today. I am so glad, thrilled, excited, um, grateful that that she has agreed to come on. It is the wonderful, the only Rachel Naylor. Hello. Hello, Helena. Thank you. Oh, it's an honour to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Now, we met um, through something called the VoiceOver Network. Do you want to just explain a little bit about yourself and the VoiceOver Network for those that maybe haven't heard of it? Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm a, a voice actor and actor. I am founder of the VoiceOver Network. I'm editor of the Buzz magazine and I'm host of the VoiceOver Hour um, and an entrepreneur as well. Um, so the VoiceOver Network is a membership organisation that is all about helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. And we have members who are voice actors, agents, producers, casting directors from all around the world. And we provide uh, lots of support, lots of help, advice, training, events, the Buzz magazine, which is uh, the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. Um, and it's just an amazing community of of voice actors and people who work in the industry who come together to help each other. Yeah, and I have to say, I am a member. I'm not paid to say this. I'm saying it purely out of my own opinion, um, but it is wonderful. If you are a voiceover artist or you're looking into get, uh, looking to get into voiceover, definitely check it out. There's lots of amazing people on there to connect with and lots of amazing information and training and content. So definitely go check it out. Do you want to give them the website just so that they can... Um, they can go check it yes, out. Yes, thank you. Um, so it's uh, thevoiceovernetwork.co.uk. So come and check it out. We've got lots of things going on. There's there's a um, the Voiceover Hour podcast. So if you go onto the Voiceover Hour, you can listen to our podcast. We've got webinars coming up. We have workshops. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty plenty to look at. Fab. And now about you. Why have you come on the podcast today? Uh-huh. So yes, so as well as um as well as doing all that stuff, I'm also a mum. Uh so I've got two young girls, I've got a five year old and a nine year old. And I um I have MS as well. So mm. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis just over two years ago. Wow. Um yeah. So, and so what is MS for those people? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people I'm sure have have heard of it and are familiar with the name, but maybe don't necessarily understand exactly what it is and, and how it affects you. So, yeah. So MS is such a tricky one to even explain. Yeah. It's an autoimmune disease. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those fun, uncurable ones. Yeah. Um, and it's classed as a de- degenerative disease. Right. Um, it affects everybody who's got it in different ways but it it basically affects your nerves so the myelin sheath that um surrounds your nerves so your nerves obviously take information from your brain telling your arm to move your eyes to blink your leg to move your mouth to move all that kind of stuff mm. and and so the 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 nerves are covered in something called myelin sheath and basically ms is when our immune system gets overexcited and attacks the myelin sheath and causes these things called lesions in the brain mm. um i hope i'm explaining this right some doctor's <laughs> going to really listen to this going you're doing it all wrong no. <laughs> um yeah so um and that so basically you have there are different levels of ms there's three different levels i've got the relapsing remitting which means that 
I, I, I have uh, relapses. And that's when my body has basically attacked the myelin sheath and I, I can't use something. Mm. Um, so it could be that, you, you know, it could be the loss of movement of an arm. Um, vision was, was, was how I was diagnosed. So I lost the vision in my left eye. Wow. Um, and there's and was that quite of... sudden that that is 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 that the first kind of um, warning sign symptom that you that you noticed? Well, so so apparently I'd had five, I think, um, relapses before this, but I oh, wow. I, I I don't know when they were, and um, because they can they can see so you, so when they diagnose you, they they do an MRI and they can see scarring. Yeah, from previous relapses so i've i've got um scarring on my brain and um that was that was, that was a really scary weird thing to kind of even get my head around the fact that yeah, there were scars on my brain um especially if you're unaware as well like like yeah. you said you had no idea no no so what happened with me was that um i was my life was going crazy i was doing everything i was running my business mm. being a mum partying doing yeah. crazy fitness i was on this mad fitness thing so i was doing um insanity max 30 oh wow yeah it was, it was crazy anyway um and i had a i collapsed so this was this was before i lost the vision so i mm. had a, a weird heart thing where i um i collapsed and had a suspected heart attack um at age 37 about alarm bells going like yeah i mean that's incredibly wrong. young my body was saying stop and I didn't listen and then six weeks later was when I lost the vision in my left eye and I think that was I think I, I genuinely think it's my body just going you are not stopping we've tried to get you to stop and yeah. now you are going to have to stop and so um, pre-covid you you were quite a jet setter as well you would travel <laughs> quite far I, I seem yes. to gather um yes, you would traveling. travel all over the place because you've yeah. got friends um within the industry and and yeah. genuine friends as well all over the world yes so yes. you would quite regularly fly around the place and so did you you you're very much um a go-getter yeah. you're very active you're very proactive and you're very determined um which is amazing and incredibly inspiring so how um how did that affect you when your body was screaming at you to make you stop and then with the heart uh, the suspected heart attack did did that not make you go okay i need to stop or did you kind of go okay that was a little bit scary but it's done now and i've got all of this that i still have to do i can't stop being a mum i've got to keep going yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had a week. I, I slept for a week. Mm. Um, and then I had I had work to do. And, and at the, that point, there was I, I had a very small team. Uh, it's great. I'm at the point now where, where I've got more staff, which is yeah. brilliant. And I have to be I have to do that. And um, so that if you know, if I get sick, I, you know, there's there's people to keep things going. Support, yeah. Um, so I had, yeah, I just had to get back on the horse. Because um, you yeah, had all so that momentum, didn't you? Re yes. Building up, and and I guess um, you probably you're similar to me in a way. Um, mm, yeah. So I guess you probably would have thought, oh, I can't just stop because that no. momentum will stop. So I don't have a choice. Other people have a choice, but I don't. Yeah. Was it very yeah. much that? It was, yeah. So and I just, yeah, just kind of, I just just got back on the horse and carried on and and then yeah and then I it was actually Friday the 13th oh wow um, and that whole week I'd been at a video game event and I, I kept thinking I was getting a migraine mm. and it was really weird my eyesight was weird but you know me being me I, d I just didn't listen and I, I just carried on 
and then on the Friday I woke up and I realized that I'd lost the vision in my left eye and that was yeah that was how terrifying. did that feel terrifying um I mean I I think I'm I'm very much the kind of person I have sort of delayed stress so at right. the time you just kind of go into survival and you're like it's it's okay it must be I, I just kept thinking it must be a weird kind of um migraine um and like over time yeah, or something i had i had i mean the whole i won't tell you the whole story because the story goes on and on but <laughs> i had a day of, of of going from various hospitals um having lots of different tests um it was so did you stop work on on that day that you woke up and and lost the sight in your in your left eye did you stop work immediately or did you wait until oh, yeah. it was a convenient time no, I, I, yeah, I, I took the kids to school. I did take them to school. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, and then did I they know a... at all? Did they, you know? yeah? I said that there was something wrong with my eye. Right. But oh, you know, I just carried on. And I walked into school, and then I got on the bus and, and went to the opticians, and then then got a cab and went to the hospital. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then spent all day. Uh, ended up in A and E. Then was admitted that night and spent two nights in um in Charing Cross Hospital. Wow. Terrifying um, time. Where did they have any idea? They did, but they didn't tell me until they'd had this, until I'd had the MRI, right. what they thought it was. So yeah. up until that point, um, I mean, um, yeah, not, my dad and my husband both thought it was a brain tumour. So yeah, oh, wow. it was, yeah. yeah, it was all, it was all quite scary. Um, but there we go. So then, so that was when they, they told me that that's what they suspected, but it wasn't until September, 2018 that they, I went in to get the results from my lumbar yeah. puncture. Those are fun. Not, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went in to get the results and I really just didn't think I was going to be diagnosed. I just didn't think, cause everyone you speak to always says that, you know, it takes years to be diagnosed. With yeah. Um, and so I was diagnosed and, and sorry, so going back to, there were lots of different things that um ms affects everybody differently yeah and so is that why you, it takes so long to get diagnosed because it's got yeah. quite a lot of cross symptoms lots of different yeah. symptoms yeah and um you yeah you have to have multiple um relapses but there are there right. are different things so so things like not being able to to move a limb that that is one of the symptoms yes um but there's also chronic fatigue which yeah. is a massive part of ms which is yeah. horrendous uh depression uh, mm. which is a big part of MS. Um, and is that there... because it affects the brain? Is that why um, yes. it, it's the yeah. depression? Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, so it affects... Uh, there can be pain. You get uh, numb fingers and toes, pins and needles. Mm. There are all sorts of other weird things, like there's the MS hug, which luckily I haven't had yet, but apparently it's horrendous. And what is the MS like, hug? It's it's basically tightening across your chest. Oh, Wow. And there's there's a bunch of other ones that. Um, so the suspected heart attack that you had was that actually MS? Do they think? They, no, they don't class that as MS. They right. Don't. But it's like you know when you're just like, um, I had I went from being kind of a healthy healthy woman to having a cardiologist and a neurologist within space of two months. Yeah. And you're saying that wasn't connected? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. it is. Yeah, <laughs> like that's more than a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Um, I mean, is MS something that you're born with and then it develops or is it something that um, is genetic or how how do you, how does it come about? So they don't know. Right. MS is just one of those really irritating diseases that, there's, that, that they struggle with. And I think because it's to do with your immune system and 
still we still don't understand same as lupus fully. yeah they have no how, idea that's it how the immune system so yeah. they don't really know so they talk about the fact that they think that it can be can be linked to genetics right um it can be linked to uh lifestyle it can be okay. linked to there's there's talk of it being linked to glandular fever have you had glandular fever i did before? yeah right. i had glandular fever when i was 16 i spent three okay. months in bed just before wow. my gcse's wow. and um, they say that i, I read a, a thing a paper about it so it said that um if you've had if you had very severe glandular fever yes they think that there can be a, a link but you know when yeah I, I remember reading that and being like wait a minute because you know glandular fever they they talk about it being the kissing disease yes yeah and i'm like so you're telling me I've got MS now because I kissed a boy when I was 16. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which every girl and guy and everyone does when they're 16. <laughs> just, that just does not make sense. So, If I you'd mean, known that, yeah. you wouldn't have... I'm sure the kiss wasn't worth it. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. <laughs> we won't mention the guy's name, but uh, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't worth it. <laughs> no, so... But yeah, so they, so they don't really know. It's not contagious. It's yeah. not... And it's not definitely um, genetic. So, you know, so doesn't necessarily mean my two girls will get it yes um I think have you ha- do you have the... to get them tested or monitored at all to see no. or no? no um but i i think i think lifestyle is a big one i think so that, in terms of your lifestyle huge. have what have you what have you changed to to adapt to it because i'm sure this was like you know similar to me with my lupus and all my other autoimmune conditions it was a big unwelcome wake-up call yeah um so yeah. so what have you done that that works for you i mean first of all as well i'm sure is there medication for... so there is medication right i'm not taking it okay uh i've chosen not to which yeah. is uh which is kind of quite controversial some would say mm. but um i so so what happened with me when i was diagnosed it, oh, it was really really tough i mean just yeah. horrendous my i felt like my life was over and and yeah. i definitely I definitely had a moment, I don't know about you, but so the way I describe it to people was when I was in that doctor's um, office and she said, yes, we are diagnosing you with MS. Yeah. I literally felt like she had taken the essence of me, everything that I am and thrown me in the air Mm. in pieces. Did you feel it instantly then or was it almost like a delayed shock? Because for me, it was a delayed shock. And I went, I went, Oh, okay. Because initially, I'm sure most people who listen to this know I was um, wrongly diagnosed with skin cancer. So they said to me at the age of 21, I'd gone in there on my own. No one knew about it. Parents didn't know about it. No one. I hadn't told anyone. And they said, oh, so you've got skin cancer. And I went, oh, okay, cool. So what do we do? And they went, no, you've got skin cancer. And I went, okay, cool. So what's what's the next step? And I was very sort of like, okay, fine. And then they said, okay, well, we need to start you on chemo. And I said, okay, perfect. So um, can we work that around my work schedule? And they were like, I don't think you quite (laughs) understand. And I went, yeah, but you know, if I don't go to work, I won't be able to afford to pay my rent. And then I can't come to this hospital. So we need to work that out. And then it literally took about two weeks before I then I remember it just like you said it was like everything just suddenly dropped and I was Mm. like wait (laughs) what (laughs) so it was more instant for you it was yeah it was really instant I just I literally just kind of felt like wow such a huge shift and I was very emotional I mean Mm. the poor doctor I was just I was in pieces 
um and then and then i kind of it, it was very that that week honestly i was i was dealing with a whole load of trolling horrendous trolling oh, um, my competitors two of my competitors had decided to join forces to try and bring me down wow um and they'd made wow. out some lies and put them out on social and they had media. no idea what you were going through no no and they and they were being and there were some other people that got involved and they were being vicious and just mm. really vile um, and that's horrible to deal with so I was dealing anyone. with that yeah I was dealing with that and the police got involved and it was oh, wow. yeah it was really quite horrible yeah and then I then went and had this news um <sighs> and then I had to. I had an event that weekend. Oh my gosh! So that was all in the space of a week. Which so I presume weekend, you were hosting. I was hosting a yeah. voiceover. It was above and beyond 2018, oh, wow. and I had to go, and nobody knew, and uh, <laughs> I, hadn't, I didn't tell anybody. Of course. So yeah. I just went, and uh, my business coach at the time just said, "Just put it in a box. Pretend it's not happening. Have your weekend, and then deal with it next week." Um, which do you is think what that I did. Was the right thing to do. It was definitely. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I had to. I had to hold it together. Um, so that, so that kind of happened. And then, and then I, I sort of had a couple of months of, of just trying to, trying to carry on with my life. And then I got mm. depression. Um, wow. and I'm a very positive person. Yeah, you I've are. always been incredibly <laughs> positive and I just, so it was very alien to me, depression. For people that don't know, Rachel is literally like a beacon of light. <laughs> oh, thank you. She is. If you're having a down day, just jump on one of the Facebook chats with her. Jump on anything, and she is laughing and smiling, and literally like the sun is shining out of her eyes. So, oh, thank you. To hear that you had depression is like really. It's quite shocking for me to hear because I can't possibly imagine. So, so in in terms of that, I presume that during that time you carried on with everything that you were doing with the voiceover network and stuff so I did yeah. how did you cope with that did you almost feel like you had to um I mean you're an actor you're a voice actor did you feel like you almost had to put on a character I did I did yeah. I was just acting and and I and I carried on and I carried on and it was really tough and did and that make it worse I think so yeah. I think I think what's interesting about depression is that and I always thought that the people who were depressed looked sad Mm. and and that they they just couldn't get out of bed and they just look really sad and what I realized that no uh people with depression can look very happy because they can act yeah and I pretended and I remember Christmas that year just just carrying on you know with the kids and da da da, da. and inside I was just dying and yeah. um and so, then and so then the I, depression for you were you did you find it difficult to get out of it what was what was the reality of the depression for you on a day-to-day basis it was I was I was I was just surviving but I was carrying on and I was just yeah. I was struggling I didn't know where to go I was I was drowning did you feel was it like a sadness because I I've I've never really experienced depression so I don't know what it feels like it's oh it's horrendous it's and 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 when the kids went back to school that was when it kind of really I just spiraled it's it's right. like being at the bottom of a black hole right and you and you sort of there's also a feeling of of spinning I remember feeling mm. like I was spinning out of control and you can't get hold of anything and you right. don't know you just don't know where to turn or what mm. to do it's it's so oh it's horrendous mm. um so that's what happened to me and then and then I I went to saw my neurologist and agreed to take to to start on the drugs yeah but they couldn't put me on them because they were waiting for some other results from my heart anyway right. I ended up going on a retreat and um, it was my business coach at the time. He w- he'd organised this energy retreat in Cape Verde. 
Oh, wow. And he said, you should come. And I was like, well, I don't know, I don't know. And my husband um, said at the time, he was like, go, do it, do it. Yeah. And so, so your husband was this... really supportive of you throughout this whole time? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, and so I went on this retreat and it was the best thing I ever did because I, mm. I got into meditation. Do you want to tell us a bit more about the meditation? So, yeah. So I went on this retreat and I, I, I'd had this, these numb fingers and numb toes and I was having trouble with my right arm and my right hand mm. and went on the retreat and uh, it was, it was incredible. Uh, it was an energy retreat and the first meditation we did, I, I had this kind of incredible sort of physical jolt, whole body jolted. Um, and by, and at, by the end of the, the, the retreat, the feeling had come back in my fingers and toes. Wow. Uh, the pain in my right arm and my right hand had stopped and I felt amazing. I came back a completely different person. And, and what I'd done is I reconnected. I'd reconnected to, to, to myself, to the earth, to, yeah. you know, um, and on that retreat, I also, I, I became a vegan Amazing. just because it just, it just, I, it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. So I became a vegan. I cut out caffeine and I did stop drinking, um, for six months, which was brilliant. So, so from there, I, I now meditate every day, sometimes twice a day. Uh, I, how I long do you I do eat. it for? So I do, um, 30 minutes. Okay. Normally, 30 minutes yeah. in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening. Do you, do you um, find that difficult? Because as someone who is so proactive and, and was very much a go, 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 go kind yeah. of person with lots of energy and lots of ideas and clearly very clever and very intelligent, did you find that difficult to almost stop? Because the idea of meditating has always um, scared me because it's, <laughs> it's stopping. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I yeah. remember thinking that. I remember thinking... That lots of people had told me about how good meditation was. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I can't sit still for five minutes, <laughs> let alone 30 minutes. Like, oh my gosh. But I cannot even stress how magical it is. It's it's the most it, it's the most important thing for me to do in the day. So what would you say to someone like me who is a newbie meditator who has that very go, go, go personality that you have? Yeah. What would you say as kind of a top tip on how to get started in meditation? I would, um, there are lots of apps that you can use and there are there are some great podcasts with, with mm. meditation. So do a guided meditation, maybe start with a 10 minute one and, and then try a, um, a 15 minutes or 20 minutes and, and, and try and get yourself up to a half an hour. Yeah. It is amazing. Don't be too hard on yourself. You will, your, your brain will start thinking of things and that's okay. But just let your body be. I I think that in that meditation state is where we heal. Right. And yeah. and your body, you're not asleep, but you're not fully awake. So your body's in a kind of relaxed state where you, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I believe there are so many amazing things you can do through meditation. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I am using meditation instead of medication right I like um, that. <laughs> yeah okay but um yeah so so there are all sorts of there's there's some some really really tough medication that um i could potentially be on yes which um is has its side effects doesn't it horrendous side effects yeah horrendous um and there's also a type of kind of chemo that you can have yeah and there's there's all sorts of things that you can do uh, i'm lucky touch wood that i feel like i'm i'm, I'm managing my ms yes 
Um, but um, yeah, so so, so what does MS can, yeah. look like for you now on a day to day basis? How does it affect your life today? So um, it's always there. Mm. It's uh, and it was a friend of mine who's got MS. He uh, how did he describe it? He he described it like it's like a, a it's like the flatmate that you hate that just won't go away. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like that, <laughs> so, uh, which is quite funny. Um, I, for me, I have to just be wary. I have to be very wary of my energy levels. I have to be very. I have to listen to my body. Mm. Um, I do suffer from chronic fatigue, so when yes. that hits. Um, or I have to be aware of of, of the, horrible, the telltale signs. Yeah. Um, which I, and I'm still. I feel like I'm still a baby to MS. This is still. Yeah. Still. It's only been two years. I. I, I still. Still learning. Kind of get. Yeah. Um, I guess as well because it's different for everyone. Similar to lupus, yeah. you know. I yeah. I've had lupus. Um, well, I don't know how long I have officially had it, but um actually had it sorry but officially I've had it um four years now and yeah I still feel like there's so many things that I'm learning am I just being lazy or is this fatiguing and and stuff like that Mm. trying to find the lines and you almost have to unfortunately go a little bit over the line to then go okay that was the line right noted yeah yeah Yeah, it is it is tough and I mean I had I had a flare-up about four weeks ago and, and mm. now looking back it's like oh yes oh there was the there was a sign there was yeah. a sign there and then do you journal then, at all to keep note of it I or do, anything yeah. like that yeah yeah I journal um and and it is just that thing I I I remember going through a stage of thinking right that's it my life is over mm. I'm gonna you know I'll I'll move to the country and have chickens and, yeah <laughs> and and then realize that no I I love my life and I love mm. what I do and I love my business and, and I'm not going to let MS rule me. Yes. It is something that I have to be wary of and it's, but it's, it's something that I feel like, you know, I'm, I now do exercise, you know, and I, and I think about how I was going to ask that about is. that. How, because you were so saying important. you did like insanity and stuff like that yeah. before. So what, where are you at now in terms of your relationship with food and your relationship mm. with exercise? So exercise is so important. It's so important. But I, I, I'm very much like I, I'm. I like to go like full on. I like to climb. You know, I like to do the the most challenging things. You do surfing and things, don't you? I do. Yeah, I love surfing. <laughs> um, and I learned to surf. So I started learning before I found out. But I'm, I'm still surfing and I still snowboard. And I'm not going to let MS stop me. Um, yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to live my life. Um, sorry, what was your question? So what's your relationship like with food and with um, exercise now, now that you, you are living with MS daily? So I have to just be wary. I have to be wary of what I eat. I have to um, be, you know, think about eating healthy foods. Yeah. Um, I make sure like lots of green leafy, um, leafy greens is, is, is very important. Lots yeah. of veg, lots of fruit. Um, I, I do notice that... Um, Gluten has has a bit of an effect on my energy, mm. so I'm now starting to kind of cut that down. So I've heard that gluten and dairy are actually, um, I could be incorrect, but they are they help with inflammation. So yes. people who have autoimmune conditions, um, like yourself and and myself, and and people who have other autoimmune mm. conditions like arthritis and stuff, gluten actually um, doesn't 
help that with yeah. in terms of symptoms and stuff i've recently cut out gluten and noticed a quite a big difference in terms of the joint ache uh, um so yeah. yeah i find that interesting that you have as well mm, yeah it's it's i i've noticed it affecting my energy levels yeah um, so i've had more energy if i you know if i don't have gluten i have more energy yeah yeah um so yeah and finally in terms of your mental health now um obviously you know you mentioned that you went you you had depression and all this sort of stuff is this um is it is it kind of breezy now and and you know everything's wonderful and happy or is it is it still a journey it's still a journey it's still a journey no it's never breezy and i think i think the thing about mental health i think we all need to be wary of our mental mm. health and, and particularly obviously this year with the yeah. lockdowns and the coronavirus it's affecting all of us and it's really really tough um so it's something that i i have to be wary of and i don't ever want to go back to that dark place but i know that it's something that i have now you know that, that it's part of ms as well um so i think I think it's that thing of just of being kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, listening to your body, taking breaks. That wasn't yes. something I was very good at in the past. Um, making sure you you stay connected with people. And I, yeah. and I also think something, which is what you're doing, um, which I think is brilliant, is helping other people. Yeah. And that for mental health and that for us spiritually as human beings is just is magical and wonderful and mm. so for anyone who's listening who is feeling depressed or who is feeling down if you can go and help somebody else if you can just one other person do something for somebody else yeah that will help you massively yeah yeah um, so yeah and in terms of ms uh for people that maybe are at the beginning of their journey or or they're in that diagnosis process or have even been living with it for five six ten years what advice would you give to them so my advice oh gosh um i would say meditation yeah that's my advice meditation and veganism yeah i, I love being a vegan um stay active but stay connected with people yeah and um and just stay positive i think it's very easy to get sucked into thinking oh my gosh you know and I remember thinking oh that's it my life is over and mm. all these awful things could happen but actually you could be you know we are amazing as human beings at, at healing ourselves and yeah um, again I think meditation sorry I keep talking about meditation <laughs> but I think um Dr Joe Dispenza has been amazing for me so he's yeah. got a wonderful book and I listen to his um morning and evening meditations and he's got a great show on Gaia TV called Rewired. So I would recommend anyone to check that out because he, it's amazing what we can, the healing that we can do. Um, yeah. And are there any um, sites? Is there a charity or something that people can check out if they are concerned about it or want to know more information about MS? Yeah, so there's the MS Society, which is fantastic. So um, yeah, they're they're brilliant, and I do a lot of things where I raise money for the MS Society, Amazing. and and they're brilliant, and they've got kind of meetup groups, and there's a a phone line you can call. Um, I've called them in the past, so yeah, so they're really really fantastic. And for people that want to continue following you and your journey, and and just see all the amazing things that you are getting up to, how can people uh, follow you and and connect with you? 
So yes, yeah, so um, so come and find me. I'm on Instagram. It's uh, Rachel R E C H A E L dot Naylor N A Y L O R. Uh, so you can come find me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well, Rachel Naylor. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, yeah those those channels. And then um, I do have a website, RachelNaylor.com, for my voiceover stuff. Um, but also the VoiceOverNetwork.co.uk if you're if you are in voiceovers or interested in getting into voiceovers check out the voiceover network perfect and i will pop all of those links into the description and bio as well so that um so that people can easily access them in in case they forget final question yes what was it that drew you to to share your story on this podcast um i i think it's important to talk openly and i i kept it a secret for quite a while because i i have kind of a following and a, and a public profile and um i kind of continued pretending that everything was okay and just hiding away and I, I felt like i was carrying around a big black cloud and a secret and it was horrible and it really weighed me down and and then it was a year ago that i went public and talked about ms publicly and the response i had was absolutely incredible it was just amazing the love and the support that that I was sent and so many people got in touch and I think it's really important to open up and share our stories because it helps other people on their journeys and it can help you know if if I can help one person listening to this to and make them feel a bit better then, then yeah. I feel like that's that's an amazing thing to do um opening up and being vulnerable is it it's scary but it yeah. is it's it's important and I think we should all open up and be more vulnerable and share um, and connect because when we when we when we share and, and we open up, we connect with people and and that's what this world needs more of. You know, there's yeah. there's enough people. You know, there's enough disconnect going on all over the place. But what we need now is to connect and and help each other. And talking of connecting and helping each other, um, for for people that have been affected by this or who want to simply um, be part of a supportive community group, we have now got the Have a Cuppa Unmasked Facebook community group. So please do feel free. It is a closed group. It is not public. So it is a very safe space that is moderated by myself. Um where you can share how you're feeling that day, you can express any difficulties that you're having or share also positives, share positives with your journey and, and, and your health um, and then be supported and encouraged by others who understand what you're going through and understand your thoughts and feelings and together we can unite and beat the stigma of invisible illness whilst supporting each other through this challenging time so do check that out on facebook but thank you so much rachel i really like i said at the beginning i'm so grateful for you coming on and sharing your story i think it's so important um to get your perspective as well from someone who is so inspiring and hardworking and driven and positive so thank you for coming on Oh, thank you so much for having me, Helena. It's it's an honour to be here. And um, yes, thank you. And take care, everyone. I hope you stay safe and uh, look after yourselves. <laughs>